But first, talk to the author of a book about sense of smell. Of all the senses we often take for granted, the sense of smell is probably the most unappreciated. But according to author Jude Stewart, smell is what brings us closer than taste, sight, and sound to pure perception and memory. Starting off the show today, we're going to take a deep dive into the world of smell. To do that, joining me live in studio is Culture Shift's Amanda LeClaire. Uh, thank you so much, Ryan. Uh, yes, we've got Jude Stewart on the line. She is the author of the new book, Revelations in Air, A Guidebook to Smell, and she joins us live on the show today. Welcome to Culture Shift, Jude. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, so glad to have you because uh, this is such a cool book, I I have to say. Um, I have been really enjoying thumbing through it. A Guidebook to Smell. Let's start at the beginning. Uh, You are an author, uh, a writer for for Slate. You write a lot about pop culture. You write a lot about uh, things that are really interesting. You wrote about Paisley recently, the history of it. You've also written another book about the uh, uh, color itself. So in this new book, Revelations to Air, uh, in Air, what was it that perked your interest in the world of smell? Why write this guidebook? Well, you know, as you said, I've written a lot about graphic design. I always think of myself as a very visual forward person. Um, and uh, at some point, though, you know, images weren't quite doing it for me in the way that they did before. And I don't know if I could have even articulated that until I, I happened to go to an art exhibit that was focused on smells. And it was so transporting and so um just emotionally involving, not always in a good way, sometimes upsetting. And I thought this is incredibly powerful. You know, I'm not even paying attention to my sense of smell. Let me look into it. And so I started learning about the science of olfaction, which is our biological process of smelling. And um, there's so much that's both not yet understood and, and it's very weird. And I just dove into the rabbit hole and came up with this book. You know, it, it does seem really strange, but we don't really know a ton about how smell even works from why and how things give off scent, how our noses pick it up. Uh, as you write, you know, scientists have known for a very long time how, uh, you know, visual, visual uh, senses work in the brain, but not how smell works, uh, not until like 1991 or so. Right, exactly. So we have four visual receptors uh, types and we have 400 um, smell types and those were discovered in 1991. So it's a pretty recent uh, development. Um, but to your to your point, it, it's true. Like, um, you know, basically what's happening when you smell something is airborne um, volatile uh, molecules are entering your nose. Uh, so the, the, the material you're smelling has to have that airborne uh, capability. But once it gets up into your nose, it travels all the way up to that area where glasses rest on your face. Um, that is where we have some olfactory neurons. And inside those neurons are some receptors. And they will bind to the to the smells and then let us know what it is. But beyond that, there's not a lot more detail that I could tell you. But the, the molecule shape has something to do with why a certain smell smells as it does, but we really don't understand. Scientists are still working on figuring out why one shape would give one kind of smell and one other shape would give a very different kind. Yeah, that is that is so, so fascinating. Uh, you know, in the book, uh, you began writing about uh, the history of smell, but also we got to talk about how we perceive smell, the equipment that we have biologically, the nose. Uh, I got to say, we're, we're nose sisters. We both have the Roman nose, as you write. Uh, it's really fun to read another woman writing about loving her uh, larger than normal nose, because I myself have one as well. So when you, you're writing about how the nose itself works, you tell the story about breaking your own nose. When you were talking to to researchers for this book, was there anything that came up about whether the 
actually the size of your nose or whether it's broken or not changes the way you can smell from then on? Um, that's a great question. Thank you. I'm glad that we're both big, big nose ladies. Um, yeah, luckily, the way I broke my nose, it just has a little bit of a hump that never went away. Um, but it is possible to break your nose in such a way where you shear those neurons that I was just talking about. And if you do have a blunt trauma to your nose that way, um, unfortunately, you may never be able to regrow neurons. So in that sense, you might be completely out of luck as far as your sense of smell. So I feel pretty lucky <laughs> that mine wasn't so bad. Uh, when you began writing this book, was there a a process that you went through? You do, I want to go through in a little bit. There are many different words for many different smells that I don't think most people even know about. But I do want to first talk about, as you write, smell as emotional time travel. Of course, Proust, uh, you know, his first book writing about the way the taste and smell of the Madeline transported him to his childhood, right? I mean, it is well known for being something that that does transport people very, very directly. But I, you know, talk about the science behind that and, and how you how maybe how you were affected when you began writing this book, smelling things and, and being transported to places in your own life where you didn't really expect maybe. Yeah, yeah. So um, there is a biological basis for why why smell is so tied up in memory. Um, so if you think about why smell exists in the first place, it's airborne chemicals that are reaching you that are giving you information about your environment. So if you smell a, 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 a fire, you don't want to head near it, right? If the food that you're about to eat doesn't smell right, you will not eat it. So it's uh, so, sort of a form of defense. Um, and as such, it's kind of very judgmental. I mean, the first time you smell something off, you will tend to form an opinion and that opinion will stick. So um, so that is, um, we imprint really fast on, on smells. Um, and it's interesting when you actually process uh, a smell, it does not go through your new brain and your, the areas that are controlled by you know, verbalization or the kind of higher order complex aspects of our brain. Instead, it kind of wires straight through those neurons back to your olfactory bulbs and uh, then to your old brain. So two areas that are really important with smell are the amygdala, which controls our emotions and or is, is involved with our emotions and uh, hippocampus, which is uh, involved with our memory. So if you think about it, anytime you're having a really important thing happen to you in your life, um, usually emotion is involved. And if you happen to smell something in that moment, those things will tend to fuse and then that will be a very um, durable association throughout your life. Again, we're talking to author Jude Stewart. Uh, she's written Revelations in Air, uh, a brand new book out. It is a guidebook to smell uh, here on Culture Shift. Uh, you, you know, talking about uh, how smells take people back to different, you know, times and places in, in their lives. Uh, you also also write about how humans can literally smell each other's emotions. How does oh, yeah, that work? that's so good. Well, um, so there are at least three emotions that we can detect through smell. Um, scientists are, of course, probably studying others, but the ones that I found information about were um, joy, fear, and disgust. And um, so to give you an example of one study, uh, uh, there are two groups of people who were asked to watch movies. One of them was Disney's The Jungle Book, which is obviously a very cheerful, happy kind of movie. And the other group was watching the scariest parts of um, The Shining by Stanley Kubrick. So each of these groups was wearing, you know, a T-shirt, and then at, when they were done watching, they the T-shirts were removed and then presented to a totally different group. And the question, of course, was, can you smell the one that is associated with joy and the one that smells like fear? And indeed, the second group really had a good, uh, a very high hit rate on determining which was which. 
Is that, you know, you also write about how in many cultures, smelling each other is much more common and acceptable and 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 and, uh, and, and wanted because, you know, I'm thinking, you know, there must be uh, so much to getting so close to someone you kind of maybe even before you even know it, pick up on what their intentions could be, right? Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, I'm like everyone, uh, you know, getting back to hugging people after COVID and it feels really good to <laughs> smell my friends. I hope that doesn't sound creepy, but I realize that on some level, I miss that physical contact and closeness with my friends. And um, yeah, and then you can, I think we, we smell each other's joy, let's say, when we're hugging again after a long hiatus. All right. What was one of the first, the things about this book and writing it and researching it that you were most surprised at? Because there's a lot to get into here. I think the thing maybe that was the most surprising is also kind of a simple one, uh, which is that you can actually get better at smelling. Um, I want to emphasize that I wasn't fantastic at this when I came into it. Um, I was sort of a very solid B minus, and let's say maybe I'm a solid B plus now. <laughs> um, but uh, we just don't really clue into the sense that much. And we, um, in our culture, don't verbalize very much about smell um, in most things. So I think sometimes people are off by smell because they think it's like subliminal or creepy. But in fact, what it is, is we're just not paying attention. So if you start paying attention and you start speaking up about what it is that you smell, I was surprised at how, how much that enriched my sense of just walking around in the world. What, what are your top tips if someone were to go out today and really want to increase their, their ability to recognize smells and how it maybe affects them emotionally and physically? What are your top three tips for how to do that? Oh, top three tips. Well, the book includes a bunch of different exercises that are all really simple exercises for um, just things you can practice. So one of them is keeping a little smell journal. So you can just jot down on your phone every day, um, just make a point of what was something I smelled today that I paid attention to. So what's really beautiful about that is you end up on some level kind of looking for a smell every day <laughs> and sort of ears cocked, waiting for it, nose cocked, we'll say. Um, but then also you have a beautiful kind of record of your days. You know, very often you'll remember, oh, the day that I smelled that lilac was also the day that, you know, I got that check in the mail or something like that. Um, another uh, exercise uh, I had was um, just to gather a lot of very similar smells together and smell them. So I have, I cook a lot and I have a lot of different vinegars in my house. So you can put three or four different little bowls of vinegar together and can kind of compare and contrast. And that, they all smell like vinegar, but they all, all have, have very different qualities. So you can kind of clue in a little more and like fine tune your sense. Um, and then I guess the third one, I don't know, I have a couple stupid human tricks in the book too. <laughs> and one of them was to, to try and navigate around a room by smell. You can do this with a friend where you blindfold yourself, put a couple essential oils around the room and then try to navigate towards, you know, the bergamot or what have you. Um, and we're surprisingly good at that. Well, yes, as, as we head into another winter uh, with a global pandemic, that would be <laughs> maybe a good one for people to do when they're when they're bored on these long winter nights coming up here in Michigan. I, you know what I love about the book, too, when you're writing about these these exercises uh, and bringing more curiosity to your life through recognizing the different smells around us. Uh, you have to reset your sense of smell the same way you have to do with taste. Right. So you suggest bringing around a, a tiny jar of coffee beans or Vicks Vapor Rub to smell between smells, but you also write this really fascinating. If people want to reset their sense of smell, they have to smell themselves. Yes, you can smell the inside of your elbow, um, and that is really effective. So whether you want to reset your nose or you want to just, you know, kind of cruise through a gross-smelling intersection or something, you could just throw your arm around your face and you will be, you'll be well protected. How does that even work? 
Oh gosh, that is a good question. I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Don't but um, <laughs> we don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> All Science right. is ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I also want to talk about again back to uh, back to we talked a little bit about health and smell uh, again mentioning the COVID-19 pandemic, if you remember at the beginning of this thing, one of the earliest and weirdest signs that you could have uh, COVID was losing your sense of smell. Uh, also, something that's pretty well known at this point is is the smell of burning toast can signal the oncoming, uh, oncoming of a stroke. Uh, and you write about, too, older older uh, adults, if they begin to lose their smell of things like peppermint, minty smells, it can signal a health problem as well. What's the history of of those findings, and and do do people and do researchers know why why these things happen even yet? Yeah, yeah. Well, the um, the the COVID thing is a huge one. I mean, when people lose their sense of smell, that is a and a remarkably reliable indicator um, that you you probably will diagno- be diagnosed. Um, it's something like twenty two times more uh, reliable than something like a temperature check, which I encounter a whole lot more than <laughs> than I do smell tests. So it's really something that's worth paying attention to. Um, and the science of it is is really complex. It depends on the thing uh, what, what's happening. The good news with people who lose their sense of smell through COVID, they haven't suffered that blunt force kind of trauma to the face. So chances are high that they're um, going to regain their sense of smell, but it often takes a very long time and they might go through um, a period of what's called parosmia, which is like weird or distorted smells. <laughs> so, and that's a kind of, it does not feel like a good sign, but it is a sign that your your smeller is kind of coming back online. It's just sort of wonky. Um, so, so, but it can take weeks to months for people to get their sense of smell back. And it is really situational depending on the reason why. Uh, you know, have you, have you read any of the accounts of that or people when they lose that sense of smell? I, I, can, I can only imagine you miss it much more after you've lost it than you even knew that you would miss it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's it's crazy because the I read somewhere recently that uh, up to 80% of people who have COVID experience some form of smell loss. That might be very temporary or momentary, but some people it's really durable. And what they find is people who lose the, that sense that they suffer greater rates of depression, anxiety, they don't want to have sex anymore. They either, you know, lose weight because nothing tastes good or they gain weight because they're eating, you know, really salty foods, really fatty foods, anything to get some kind of hit. Uh, of taste. So, um, and then people describe, if they can put it into words, they describe a feeling of sterility that feels like they're just walking around and everything is a screen. You walk into your house and your your house doesn't smell like your house. You know, your, your wife doesn't smell like your wife. Your kid doesn't smell like your kid. And it just feels unreal. Um, and it's very trying on people. I can only imagine. Yeah. You, you also write about, you know, mentioning sex is that women on uh, birth control, hormonal birth control, their sense of smell changes quite a lot while on it. And then after they, they, they are no longer on it, it can change so dramatically that it can affect your relationship. Yes, yes. Well, the sense of your, your what your body smells like is conveying all kinds of information about you as a person, your sense of health, um, you know, as we discussed, emotions, things like that. Um, so in general, you have this baseline smell that you're emitting all the time, and that is giving information out about your immune system. So um, if you're heterosexual uh, and you're choosing a mate, you uh, are choosing very often somebody who smells good to you. And one of the reasons why they smell good is often because they're their um, immune system is robustly different from yours. So if you take chemical hormones, you're sort of tricking, as a woman, you're tricking your body into thinking it's pregnant. And in that case, you will tend to prefer people who smell 
similarly, like the, the people who have the same type of immune system, so your blood relations. So it's, um, yeah, it's pretty wild how, um, how much information we're, we're getting in and reacting to that way. All right, again, we've been talking to Jude Stewart, the author of Revelations in Air, a guidebook to smells. I We could keep going. I, I could keep going talking to you, Jude, for sure, but we need to wrap up in a few minutes. So the last, last question I have for you. Um, when people, you know, we talked about tips to to begin a journey into understanding smell. There's also uh, a language to smell that is really important as well. Uh, there's certain words that people might not have been familiar with. One is petrichor as a way to yes. a word to talk about the way things smell after it rains. That is so beautiful. Oh, thank you. Yes, I, I loved finding out that word. And I also loved finding out that um, you know, it actually is available as a perfume. It's been for a very long time made in, in a region of India into a perfume. And they literally sort of pry clay out of the ground right before the monsoons come. And then they steam it and distill out the smell. So you can enjoy it all the time in a bottle if you'd like. And so when people begin to talk about things like that, another chapter in the book you have are otherworldly smells. The smell of a new baby, right, is, is part of, is under otherworldly. Also the smell of ectoplasm. I, yeah. So for folks who want to maybe, again, increase their ability to talk about smells, to tie something, especially if, if you have a memory that you really want to uh, solidify, cement in your mind, someone should probably choose a, a particular smell for that event, right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. I mean, it's a, it's funny because uh, really just talking about spells and paying attention will get you further. When I met with a sommelier to write a chapter about wine, I was a little nervous because I'm not a fancy person and I don't know a lot about wine. Um, but he told me basically that's exactly what they do. Um, they get together and learn from other sommeliers. And it's a lot of verbalization. I smell this. I smell that. I notice this. All the, you know, Using all your senses to observe what's in the glass. So it's a certain color. It moves a certain way. I see this kind of sediment, what have you. And the more you pick out that stuff, you'll start to notice it. Uh, one person will make an observation and you'll notice the smell too. So it, it does kind of attune you a little more to just talk about it. Again, thank you so much, Jude, for coming on Culture Shift today. Jude Stewart is the author of Revelations in Air, a guidebook to smell. It is out now. Have a great day. Thank you so much again. Thank you. It was a pleasure.